Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, welcome to the 99th podcast. I can't even believe it. And guess what? When we have the 100th, we're going to have a really special show. So tune in. And that means I want you to hit the red button there. Do you see where it says subscribe? Do hit the red button because then you won't miss any of these fabulous guests. Many of them are have such incredible stories. And the one today, I can't wait to talk to Kate Weiser about. But first, let me just tell you something. People ask me all the time, why do I have this podcast? Well, owning Valerie and Company training and coaching firm for mm, 25 years, I would say, it's always been my passion to really think about with leaders, how can you stay authentic? You know, as you climb the corporate ladder, as you're an emerging leader and you're trying to do the best you can, don't ever become somebody you think you should be because that's what it'll take to fit in. Our guest today is going to talk about that. This is all about authentic leadership. And I just want to welcome Kate Weiser today, the chocolate <laughs> queen. Hello. Oh, Kate. <laughs> Listen, this is so much fun. I have to show you and the audience. My oh, family there we gave go. me this <laughs> a long time ago because I know that chocolate is part of a balanced diet. It is. It Isn't really it? is. It's it's in the pyramid of food groups. <laughs> you have to have it every day. <laughs> Tell us some interesting facts about chocolate. Uh, well, I mean, chocolate for me is probably the most challenging food to, to work with. Um, you're dealing with a, a whole mess of temperatures and humidity and crystallization and it's liquid it's moldable it's shapeable it's it's really magical i mean it's everything <sighs> that you want it to be you can have pure creativity with chocolate and i think that that's what's most fun and that's what sort of drives my energy so well we've got a video clip that we're going to show that kind of gives the story of you coming to dallas from kansas as a young entrepreneur that's right. and hitting the fame so let's watch <laughs> I decided to move to Dallas for love, as a lot of people do. It was January or February of 2009. A lot of the restaurants were really tightening their belts. Getting into chocolate making, it was kind of out of desperation. <laughs> I was looking for a third or fourth part-time job just to make ends meet. And chocolate is a totally different animal than, than pastry. I was terrible at making chocolate. Just feeling like a total failure. I would just read every chocolate book I could find. I would YouTube everything I could YouTube. I actually started reaching out to other chocolatiers in the community who were fantastic, by the way, and sharing tips and tricks and their knowledge with me. So it was a really, really slow progression, but it, it slowly built this urge to succeed in this drive that I didn't even know that I had. So two years have gone by and I'm feeling pretty, you know, confident, you know, the ego's there. And someone called me and said, hey, you know, there's there's this review on the internet. You know, you should you should check this out. The critic had sliced every chocolate in half, basically put arrows pointing out all my mistakes. I walked around, dried my tears, I sat down, I reread it, and I was just like, 
this guy's right. Those moments, it's either sink or swim. It's, it's either I quit or I'm gonna do this right. It just made me take chocolate really, really seriously. And opening up my own chocolate shop, that idea just really took over my whole life. I just didn't, I had no idea how to get there. So, Kate, I, I want you just to share with the audience your story because you hit fame fast. Fast fame. Did, did I hit fame? Am I, I, I think <laughs> you did hit fame. Your chocolates were on Oprah's. That's true. What? Favorite? Over its, Oprah's favorite, favorite list. Yes. You were awarded already in your career as one of the top <laughs> chocolatiers. So... Tell us a story. Yeah. It's fascinating. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, like you mentioned, I did grow up in Kansas City uh, on the Kansas side. And, you know, when I was little, I kind of fell in love with cooking and sweets. Cooking was a big part of my family. My dad would cook these amazing meals on the weekends. And, you know, he, you know, they always say how I was in a stroller and he would do like little cooking segments with me in You're the kidding. little stroller. Like, okay, Kate, here's what I'm doing now. And, the, you know, he would kind of walk me through. So I really grew up with my dad in the kitchen, I think. And um, as I started getting a little bit older, I started to gain a little bit more interest in the sweeter side of things. <laughs> and I would just bake on the weekends and share with family and friends and neighbors and, um, didn't really think of it as a career uh, until I went to University of Kansas. I was there for one semester and I quickly realized that there was nothing there that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're gonna have a career and you have one life to live, I wanted to make sure that I loved what I was doing. That's important. Um, so I kind of went back to my roots and said, okay, what do I really enjoy? Mm -hmm. uh, and that was baking and pastries. And um, so I called my parents and I said, hey, I'm wasting your tuition here. Like, can I go to culinary school? And they were really supportive. And um, so then I went off to San Francisco after that. Yeah. What was it like? I've always wanted to take at least some courses, but culinary schools, you have to become a chef and I didn't have time to do yeah. that. And but they're very expensive. Are they? <laughs> yeah, okay. If you're going to pay for a culinary school, you kind of want to make it your career. Well, good. Uh, your parents were there to support you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, culinary school was magical. It was just every day I was super excited to go. Uh, I really did feel like a kid in a candy store Aww. learning about the different techniques. And um, I mean, everything was new. You know, I, I went in there really not having any experience in a professional kitchen. So every day was something new. And I actually mm. honestly felt if I missed a day that I would just completely miss out on certain pieces of knowledge and then I'd be, you know, <laughs> behind as soon as I left. It was only a one-year program. Uh, so you really just kind of soaked it all up. I mean, mm. they segmented it into, you know, eight weeks of cake class, eight weeks oh. of plated desserts, eight weeks of chocolate. Um, and they kind of did it that way. So, so every day was something new and exciting. So did you, um, were you in classes, big classes, small classes? How I, many were there? I think it was about 30 of us per mm -hmm. class. So you made a lot of great friends and um, yeah, it was just a blast. It was a total blast. But it's interesting because in culinary school, I didn't really connect with chocolate as a medium. I didn't connect with that class. I was more on the oh. 
plated dessert side. I really wanted to work in restaurants. I think my goal at that time was to make my way to New York and fine dining and Michelin and the whole nine yards. I really wanted to be a great pastry chef. Uh, and then, so it's really interesting how life has sort of led me down different paths and chosen different routes, but. Um, so how did chocolate, what, <laughs> what happened with the chocolate thing? Yeah, I mean, really, I kind of fell into it a little bit accidentally. It, uh, when I moved to Dallas, I had a really hard time finding a gig. I had, did a, you? I had a tough time, it was 2009. And I think a lot of restaurants were cutting the pastry chef position and just having, you know, other people plate those desserts. So yeah, I kind of bopped around a little bit when I got here. And one of the three jobs that I took was at a small chocolate business uh, in Dallas. And the, I mean, that it was, it was it? over at that point. I really? mean, I, just com I completely fell in love with it. I was learning something new every day, teaching myself how to do this stuff. Um, and it was just so incredibly challenging and it just lit this whole new fire that I didn't even know that I had. And, you know, 10 years later, I'm still doing it and here I'm still you loving it. Are. <laughs> yeah. All right. So take us from, you were here in Dallas working in a chocolate shop. You got your passion there. Yeah. Then how did this happen? Well, I really, you know, honed in on this style of chocolate, which is the hand-painted, sort of shiny, beautiful, artistic bonbons. Ah, look at this. Yeah, we can look at those right there. Um, so I really wanted to learn more about that technique. And I had grown up in Kansas City, you know, with Christopher Elbow Chocolate, and he does that technique. And I just remember oh. being just fascinated. And I was just like, how does he do that? And so when I started working with chocolate and researching more and reading every book I could get my hands on and watching YouTube, and <laughs> I kind of slowly figured it out. Uh, I mean, over years, like it took years to really understand the nuances and the differences of the textures and the temperatures and the humidity. Like, it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, how yeah, long, slowly. Kate, how long does it take to do this? Start to finish, it's about two and a half day process. It used for wow. us used to be four days, but we were able to kind of cut those, uh, cut that time down. Uh, yeah. So it's not, it's like, I, I always say, it's not a cupcake, you know, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> no. not something that you can, you know, whip up in a, in a second. There's a lot of parts of the process that actually need to set and crystallize over time. Okay. And, you know, it's very tedious. And But you had a failure along the way with that critic. Oh, and yes. he or he didn't like your chocolates. Yes. What happened? So while I was, uh, before I had started my own company, I was still still very much figuring it out as I went. And there was a, a moment where I kind of thought I was on the right path, at least. People were getting kind of excited about what I was doing. And yeah, there was a critic that took home a box of chocolates and sort of dissected each and every piece <laughs> and point. There was arrow. I remember there was arrows like pointing to all the different mistakes. And, and at that point I read that review and just how, how much time that person took to really analyze what I was doing. And it just, the first thing obviously I was, I was just mortified that it was on the internet. Oh, that was the first oh. thing. And then I just like walked around my house and then I came back to it and I was like, there are people out there that care about this stuff. And yes. I'm obviously not one of them if I'm putting out this product with all these different mistakes. 
So I got to get my act together. Like that, that was really a pivotal moment for me to really take chocolate more seriously. And at that point, that set me on the path to trying to achieve perfection in the kitchen every day, going back to the techniques that I was doing. How can I make them better? How can I change what I'm doing? Just always self-reflecting and always looking in to see how I could be better. So it was probably the best thing that um, could have happened. Isn't that a great attitude yeah. to have? Well, this failure was the best <laughs> thing that ever happened to me. Yes, and I, I truly believe that. I mean, failure is so important in growth in general, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life. I count every failure as a blessing. I mm. look beyond it. I keep moving forward. And I try to teach my staff that as well, because I think a lot of the younger chefs that come in are so afraid to fail or mm -hmm. to disappoint me or to do something wrong. And I just think those are the best l lessons you can learn. So, so I'm all you, about it. Well, <laughs> are you a perfectionist? Do you have to be a perfectionist to do this? I mean, I honestly, I, I'm a type B personality. What which, does that mean? I'm very laid back. I'm very chill. And fun. You're and fun. fun. Yes. Thank you, Valerie. Yes. <laughs> I am fun. <laughs> you are. Uh, I do have a lot of fun with what I'm doing, but yeah, I, I. So the whole perfectionism thing, while I, while that piece is there in my brain, uh, I have to actively attempt it every day. It's not like a natural. It's not a natural thing for me to care about every single tiny little detail. You know, for me, it's like, okay, yeah, it's good. Let's keep going. Like, that's my mentality normally in my life. Yeah. So um, it's it's definitely I have to kind of look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, Kate, you're really going to take yourself very seriously today, you know. And I kind of have this like internal conversation where I just kind of pump myself up and get myself ready to to care about those tiny little details because you have <laughs> to in chocolate. You cannot cut corners yeah. in any way. Well, you know, in anything, I mean, in my career, in any industry, you've got to care enough to be the best. And I think that's yeah. what you're saying. Kate, you had a really tough time. The darkest, you told me, darkest time of your life. Yeah. Going through 2020. Yeah, man. Would you talk about that? Sure. I mean, you know, I was very, very lucky in just forming this company with my partners, having all of this opportunity sort of handed to me. And yes, I took that opportunity and I worked my tail off um, to get to where we're at. But I do realize that along the way, I just had a, I had a very charmed life. I always feel that way. Even though I've gone through hardship, I feel like I've been very, very lucky and I haven't gone through crazy, crazy hard times. And so when 2020 hit, I think, you know, it was all very fast. It happened very fast. I think it happened very fast for a lot of people, yeah. um, especially small businesses and especially being the leader of a small business where your entire staff is turning to you for the answers and mm. you're right there with them. You don't know what's you know coming on the news next. And um, so, yeah, I think the hardest, absolutely the hardest part was finally kind of coming out of denial, which took about two weeks for me to realize, okay, this is actually affecting all of our lives. And We're it's wearing masks overseas mm -hmm. and it's here. And, um, and I do remember going to the grocery store and just trying to buy as many disinfectant materials as I could. Toilet I, paper? I, yeah. <laughs> well, just for, just for the store, I was trying to clean the store <laughs> and there was nothing on the shelves. And I think it was at that oh. moment that I was just like, 
oh, wow, this thing is really here and we're screwed. You know, yeah. we're, we're kind of screwed. And I do remember checking the bank account of the, the company's bank account, watching it, you know, understanding that there were no sales coming in. I mean, zip, zero zip. We had a few website sales coming in, but our website was not something we were focused on. We were only focused on brick and mortar for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I just remember counting the days until next payroll and just watching the money just going out when I'm paying the bills. And I just remember thinking, I, I have enough money for two weeks of payroll. And that's it. Wow. And it just like, wham, it, it really. From really being yeah, successful. From right. being really just, really just well-oiled machine to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not having to worry about things like that. And um, I ended up having to lay off like 95% of my team. How many people was that, Kate? I had about 35 full-time employees, a mix between full and part-time. Then I went down to just myself and two other people <laughs> how, how, how did you do that it it was definitely the it was definitely the hardest day to because you just have one conversation after the next and it's a lot of tears on both sides <laughs> and because these people are my family at this point you know they've been with me so long I mean everybody um so that was really really tough and I think the following month where I'm coming into the store and I'm literally by myself. Oh. That was, <laughs> oh. it just put everything kind of into perspective of like, this place is nothing without its people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. Like, it's not even fun anymore mm -hmm. without the people there. So yeah, that you, was a really hard time. <laughs> well, many of the listeners can, can have, um, resonates with them because Many companies had to do that. Yeah. I love the story you told about the ship. The lifeboat. The lifeboat. <laughs> yeah. I want you to tell that story. Yeah. I think it's a, a great a great thing to remember. Yeah. Well, my, my partners at Trinity Groves, you know, we have a Trinity Groves management group and Christy Rather heads that manager group and she's been an amazing mentor to me over the years. And, you know, and I was just in those dark days, she was like, Kate, I want you to visualize that you are driving a lifeboat. And right now, you can only put two people in the lifeboat. And the more you keep paddling along, the more we keep going, you're gonna, the lifeboat's going to get a little bit bigger. You can bring another person back onto that lifeboat. And I literally, for that whole time, I was visualizing, okay, how do I get the lifeboat a little bit bigger so I can get this other person back on the lifeboat? And that's, that's just what we did. You know, we, we kept going. I took over five people's jobs. The two people that were here took over five other people's jobs. And we just kept paddling. <laughs> <laughs> and we just kept going. And the website sales started to, to climb up pretty aggressively because obviously everyone's staying at home. And I think especially Dallas, they wanted to support small businesses. So people were coming out of the woodwork. I mean, we were pivoting. We were asking people to buy their holiday snowman in March in order for us to get that sale so that we could bring another person into oh, the lifeboat. So we were doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, we ended up, yeah, I ended up being able to hire my kitchen manager uh, back on, I think, in June. She came on in June. We had a great Mother's Day. I think people were very into giving gifts to their mothers. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. everyone's just realizing. I mean, again, COVID puts everything into perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we were slowly able to bring back 
I think by the end of June, we had nine people back. And how was Christmas? And that felt good. How was the Christmas holiday? Christmas was insane. Was Christmas it? was absolute uh, insanity this year. Yeah, we <laughs> I mean, talk about the journey that we took to get to Christmas. I mean, you don't even know what to predict. You don't even know what, I mean, COVID sure. just took us back to year one where there was no data that I could use to predict sales. And I couldn't, I didn't understand what the website was going to do. And, and we were still very short staffed. I think by November, we were back up to like 15 people and we were kind of getting our plan together. But, you know, the chocolate business, you need to start preparing for Christmas in June in order to make enough chocolate to feed people for Christmas. Yeah, I <laughs> and bet. we couldn't start until September. So we were already very behind production wise and we got completely wiped out, completely wiped out. That's It was great. such a blessing. Yeah, I, I mean, it really rejuvenated everybody. That's And now we're back up to 30 employees. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now see? Yeah. So I'd love to hear what it is that you do for yourself to oh keep gosh. that... You know, to keep oh, yourself see. going. Yeah. What is it that you had to do that <sighs> kept the grit going? And you're still, Kate, yeah. you're going in at four o'clock every afternoon yourself yeah. till nine at night. Yeah, yeah doing, I'm leaving here. I got to go make chocolate. I got to get out of here. I know. We can't have <laughs> coffee after or anything. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? I don't know if it's something that I do. I think it's just something that's built in. You well, know, what is it I, and where does it come from? The motivation. I mean, motivation does ebb and flow. And a lot of times my motivation is fear of failure. And, and this Thanks is for that. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. And this is just, I don't know, when you start a business, it becomes intrinsically a part of who you are. It's got your name on it. Oh, well, yeah, it does. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. That's very a driver. Much, yeah. That's a driver. But it, it's more than fear of failure. It's just like, this is who I am and this is what I do. And this is, this is what I've chosen to dedicate my life to. And so even just the thought that someday you'll wake up and you won't be Kate Weiser chocolate, mm -hmm. that thought alone is enough motivation to keep you going because I am so incredibly lucky that I get to do this every day. I'm not going to let that go. You know, I'm not going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to hang on to that as long as I can. I'm going to ride this train as forever. long as I can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's just part of you. It, gets, it becomes your baby, you know, it becomes your, the thing that motivates you. So the company itself motivates me. The people in the company motivate me because I, I, I experience burnout, you know, for no. sure. Do you? For sure. So <laughs> I'll take a that. weekend off and then I'll be, you know, refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a boss are you? Oh, I feel like we should have like every manager here to answer that question. Um, I'm, I'm a collaborator. Okay. 100%. I feel like collaboration is what moves the company forward. I think my own brain is very limited in what I can achieve by myself and what I can do and what I can even think of and create. So I love talking things out and we have manager meetings where we just talk out every issue, every process you know, new flavors, new ideas. And I just think that collaboration is key, absolutely essential. Uh, I think I'd like to think that I'm a very fun boss. I truly care about my people. So if they have an issue or a problem, I'm just like 
devastated. Like, let's fix whatever is <laughs> happening here, you know? Um, so, yeah, very caring. And I have high expectations. I mean, I definitely let them know, you know, this is the culture. This is the expectation. Mm -hmm. And we're all going to achieve it together. And then we party, you know? Have when we achieve you. it. We party, we celebrate. I'm a very big celebrator of things. Oh, so, and I think that that's, that's important. That's I think that's great. important. So, what are the top, what are your top three values that you just hold so dear? And, and, and if anybody steps on them, oh, you know, that's how we know <laughs> if it's really a core value versus yeah. a situational value. Yeah. If they step on it, it's a trigger point for you. That's a Do you great have any trigger points questions. based on that? Do I have trigger points? I mean, quality, you know, I think there are lots of times when a product maybe doesn't come out as well as we'd like it to. And if, if I even get a hint that that product is going to make its way to the shelf, I will kind of flip out a little bit ah. and I'll remind everybody like, does that have your name on it? <laughs> if it did, would you want that out on the shelf? No. So Ooh. the quality thing is like, that's really, really important. And mm -hmm. I think that, that maintaining that level is just so incredibly important. The consistency as well. Mm -hmm. If one bonbon tastes different in one batch. That's true. You can't put that out. You know, I think that that's a huge value for us is quality and consistency. And then, like I said, collaboration. I mean, that's just such a big part of it. If someone said, you have to only do or complete your ideas, I'd be like, well, then that sounds like the most boring chocolate company <laughs> in the world. I, I want to ask you, uh, if you had one word, this comes from my training and personal branding. We get people down to one word oh that's gosh. their brand. I Are you ready? So I'm How giving can I you give some you just thought. one. One word. My brand is. What would you oh. say? The first word that came to mind without even thinking was fun. Okay. That was the first. Like Take I didn't that. even think. Like literally immediately it was like fun. Take that. Take Bing. that. And you know, when you, when you go into the shop, I have to say, as I have gone into the shop, the atmosphere is fun. It's very fun. It's not like people are standing there saying, can I help you? <laughs> and, and you know, that is something that we really institute in our front of house staff members. You know, we, I always tell them, this is a very high end luxury brand, but that's not who we are. Like as people... Yeah. We are fun. We are friendly. We have smiles. We make everyone feel welcome. You know, I, I want anyone to come in and not be intimidated by the glossy, perfect package. Mm -hmm. You know, I want people to feel at home, feel like it's their place, that they can't wait to show their friend. You know, this is my place. This yeah. is my chocolate shop. Come see my chocolate shop. Like, I want every customer to feel that way. Feel I think that they warmth. do. I think that you've done that for sure. <laughs> um, if you could be an appliance, oh whoa, <laughs> what would you be and why? Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to really I know. think I've about tough appliances here. for you. I mean, toasters are pretty like reliable. You know, they give you a good product. If I could be, <laughs> if I could be an That's a great question to take home to the staff today. They're very up, you know, and pop. Yeah, you, you know, I will. I will ask that question <laughs> to the staff. They will love it. They will really think, think critically about it. Yeah. 
Man, uh, maybe an immersion blender because I bring oh, things together. There you go. It's a great question. <laughs> that is a great it's, question. It's actually a question on a survey that I have my clients <laughs> do when they go through the personal branding process. Yeah. And the funniest one I ever got back was that Valerie's a popcorn popper. Okay. And <laughs> they said, because she's so full of ideas, but the good thing is they all fall in the bowl and they get eaten. <laughs> Now, you can think of what, how could anybody say anything any different, any better, any yeah. more wonderful? Yeah. It says, at least I do something with those ideas, That's right? awesome. So, I'm all popcorn, popcorn. I like I that. love it. I'm jealous because <laughs> me, immersion blender, I do one thing. You can thing. take it. Yeah. You can take it. <laughs> Kate, what's something that um, very few people know about you? Oh, gosh. Like something, are we going deep or are we going you surface level? You go anywhere level? you want. I'd love to go deep. Come on. <laughs> Something very, um, okay. I, I think there are people that know this about me for sure, but I think the majority of people looking in on my business is that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Truly. Like I, I am living every day learning and growing and so many people ask me so much business advice. And yes, I've grown in a successful business over six years, but I just worked as hard as I could to figure out these problems. And I'm just now starting to feel like I'm working smarter and not harder. Mm. So I think people looking in think that I have it all figured out, um, but I don't, not at all. And I love I that. I love that. I love that. Thank I, you. I love learning new things every day. And um, yeah, I think the, the second that I stop learning from this business will be the second that I get bored with it, honestly. And that leads to a really important piece of advice I'd love for you to give, which is, as a young woman coming here and a female, how do you ask for what you mm. want? Yeah, I mean, I think asking for what you want, you have to bring a lot of confidence to the table. And I truly believe that confidence is not something you are ever born with. It is a skill. And it is something that you have to teach yourself and it is something that you have to practice. And I think that there are a lot of things you can do to practice the skill of confidence. I think thinking back into my own history, the first thing I did to practice confidence was I became a waitress when I was 18. That'll do it. That'll do it. You have to go up to a table full of strangers and, you know, dance for your dinner kind of. Um, so that really taught me a lot of confidence. And then as you, as you grow, you just start Really, and, and, I, and I would really conscientiously do it too. Like I would say, okay, I'm walking into this, um, I'm walking, I'm coming into to this right here. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? How, how am I going to act? How am I going to practice confidence? And so mm -hmm. I think asking for what you want, number one, takes that skill. Um, it also takes, like we talked about earlier, preparedness. Mm -hmm. Confidence plus preparedness means you are the expert in the room. And when you have both of those things, when you present a very clear argument, you don't have to get emotional. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to be assertive you don't and aggressive. Have, you don't have to be aggressive pushy or pushy. You, you just say, Here, here's what I want. Here's why I want it. Yeah. Here's when we'll make our return on the investment. And then it worked, you know, and then, you know. It's interesting. That's, that's how you do it. Thank you for the word skill. Confidence yeah. is a skill. In my yeah. words, I, I will say presence. It's how you show up. Everyone, right. everyone is asking me about 
Well, how do I have more presence? Well, what they're saying is, how, how do I, I show up mm -hmm. as if I have? And that, those are the words, as if. Show up as if. Fake you it get till you that? make it. Yeah. Fake and that's you make not it. being inauthentic, is it? Right. No, it's not. It's just putting out that energy, yes. even if you don't intrinsically feel it inside. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could be scared, mm -hmm. completely scared and freaked out inside, but I'm putting out this confident woman energy. And that's different. Yeah. And it works. And it works. It has worked. <laughs> you, I'm here. <laughs> you are here and you are headed further places. And that's a, that's kind of the last question I wanted to ask you. What are your, I used to say, what are your five-year goals? What are your three-year goals? <laughs> now I'm down to six months pretty much. But yeah, but as COVID. you see, I mean, you're young and you're successful and you've done it. I don't know how many more creative things oh you're going to come gosh, up so with. So many more, so much, so much room for growth. So we have we have scratched the surface of what we can do. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. There's never an ending. It's like you see the little tip of the iceberg and there's like so much room underneath. I mean, we can just do so much more. What do you, what are, <laughs> what are some of your ideas for so much I mean, more, Kate? Well, for example, you know, like I said we were not focusing on e-commerce really mm -hmm. and up until this point e-commerce was kind of a footnote in our business. So we are just now opening up that whole new world. I mean, we are putting okay. dollars into the website. We are understanding email marketing and like, I mean, we're just now diving into this. So that whole landscape is completely new. It's, it's full of opportunity. Um, so yeah, I mean, brick and mortar, I'm at some point, COVID will be over. You're this in Neiman's. Not, this is not a that's forever. That's pretty good. Neiman yes. Marcus. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's so mm -hmm. many different avenues we could take and different directions we could go. And um, yeah, I just feel like we're sitting on rocket fuel and we haven't even lit the match yet. Like it's, that's yeah. there's a long way to go. Isn't that wonderful? It is. I feel very fortunate. I just hope and I know that the audience has listened to this and watched this and gotten some real nuggets of things that you can think about in your own career, in your own life, in your own personal situations as well. You've given us some great uh, what I call teachable points of view, which you've seen on the screen as we've talked about them. Is there anything else you'd want to leave the audience with before we say adieu? Well, I have this amazing candy bar for six dollars. Um, also, we Why have not? these mint malt balls here. Uh, if you like, we have uh, chocolate bars. No. <laughs> well, seriously, now of all these th of all these things, uh, I always go to these because oh, that's our bread and butter. Well, that's Kate, where you should go. I I have to tell the audience I have been buying these for my friends and business clients since you started. Oh, yeah. And I told you that one of them said, Valerie, where did you get those incredible designer? They, she had all kinds of words for this, but I mean, they are <laughs> incredible and they taste incredible. Thank you. Um, of all the things you've done and created in chocolate, is there one favorite thing so far that you go, oh, that was so fun to do and it oh, works. So there's so many things. I, you know, we do a lot of fun molded figures over the course of the year. And I've made clowns that were like this big out of chocolate. I've done really fun things for Easter, big displays. 
Um, but I think what I'm most proud of is probably our, our boxed chocolates because there's just so much technique mm -hmm. that goes into it, so much flavor. I mean, so much consideration. I've dreamt about every single flavor and how it's structured. Have you really? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just you think of them like they're your children. <laughs> so a chocolate question. Yeah. Do you like Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? I like it all, honestly. Well, of course. <laughs> I uh, I used to not like white chocolate. Uh -huh. White chocolate has its place. There's it? the, if you put the right acid with it, a little salt with it. I mean, you can you can get some good some good product. I've very <laughs> recently started liking milk chocolate. I used to not like. You milk didn't chocolate. like milk chocolate? No. Oh. Never. I was a dark chocolate person. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I find myself just snacking more and more on some milk chocolate. A little hazelnut again, a little salt. Ah. And it is good for us, right? <laughs> it is. We need to have it's a piece good for of chocolate. The body and the soul and the mind. It is. It feeds the soul. It does. Kate, <laughs> it was such fun being my 99th just before the 100th <laughs> Almost episode. Got 100. Almost got 100. Almost <laughs> And boy, I'm like you. It's never going to stop. <laughs> That's I think, right. I think I'll leave on a personal note, too. You can, you can hear the energy that we both have for what we're doing. And I just wish with all my heart that everyone can find something in their lives outside of business too. This isn't just about business. Absolutely. It really brings them joy. Absolutely. And you, do more. Like I said, you get one life. You know, how are you going to spend right. it? And yeah. we really had some reflection time and are having it during mm -hmm. COVID, aren't we? Oh, we sure are. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, thank you for being with us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. I had fun. It was fun. <laughs> and you can find out more about Kate Weiser if you go to her website, katewiserchocolate.com. That's no S, right? Correct. Not chocolates, chocolate. <laughs> Until next time, listen up. I would love to talk to any of you who are interested in any kind of coaching and training as it has to do with leadership authentic leadership, how you show up, that's your presence, and who you are at the core, that's your brand. Just email me, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Until next time, 100th, wait for it. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.